Would you turn please in the scriptures to the book of James, James chapter 2. We began a few weeks ago a series that I didn't know at the time was a series called Faith in Action. Faith in Action. And uh, if this is new to you, that's okay. I think this is only the third part. And so you can catch up with us easily. Go online, download the messages. If you're in the building, you can go to the Word Supply, get a CD or won't cost you anything. And uh, our text will begin reading here in verse 14 of James 2. James 2.14 reads, uh, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man says he has faith and has not works, can faith save him? In the um, NCV, the New Century Version, It says it like this. My brothers and sisters, if people say they have faith but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. Can faith like that save them? And the understood answer is no. It can't. The scripture uses the term unfeigned faith as opposed to feigned faith. Faith. What what is feign? To feign is to pretend that which is not real, not genuine. So there is that which is called faith that's not real faith. And uh, the scripture will enlighten us if we'll listen. One of the big things that helps you to see what's real faith and what's not, phony faith is a do-nothing so-called faith. It does nothing. It talks about what it believes and waits and waits and waits and waits. But that's not the kind of faith that saves, and that's the word, big word for salvation, that it includes the idea of deliverance and preservation and, and healing and restoration. When you say, I'm saved, the Lord saved me, you made a big statement. Because saved from what? It's not only saved from judgment and hell. It's saved from all the penalty of sin. And so... Uh, Living faith is the only faith that saves, heals, delivers, protects, receives provision. There is a faith that does nothing that's worth nothing. Let's keep reading in verse 15 in the new century. A brother or sister in Christ might need clothes or food. If you say to that person, God be with you. I hope you stay warm. And get plenty to eat. But you do not give what that person needs. Your words are worth nothing. In the same way, faith that is alone, that does nothing, is dead. Someone might say, you have faith, but I have deeds. Well, show me your faith without doing anything, and I will show you my faith by what I do. So it is discernible whether somebody has faith or not. Sometimes people say, well, my beliefs are are my private convictions and nobody knows. Well, that's just not true. If you believe it enough, you're going to act on it. And if you never act on what you say you believe, it's not a living faith. It's not a real faith. You're kidding yourself. So faith is discernible. You remember the Bible said uh, when those four men brought their friend who was paralyzed and couldn't get him into the room where Jesus was and climbed up on top of the house and tore off the roof and lowered him down. The Bible said when Jesus saw their faith. When he did what? How did he see their faith? Is he talking about some glow emanating out of the man? How, How did he see their faith? Well, the man's paralyzed. 
You don't let somebody haul you up on top of the house. Right? In that condition. And you don't uh, destroy uh, the, the person's property and tear up their house. Come on, are you listening? And interrupt the meeting and lower down the man. They must have been fully persuaded that if they could get that man in front of Jesus, something was going to happen. Right? And, and they had faith. Their faith was demonstrated in what they did. So it's real faith. It's living faith. He goes on to say, verse 19, you believe there's one God. Good, but the demons believe that too. And they tremble with fear. Now here he talks about demon belief. And he, he's actually comparing their belief, the person that's saying this to him, I have faith, but I don't, I don't do anything. My faith was, was without any actions. And he's telling them they have the same kind of faith demons have. <laughs> demon faith. Not for me. How about you? I don't, I don't want demon faith. What is demon faith? Believing, but not doing anything with that belief. No actions. Wonder how many people there are on the planet that say they believe in God, but there are never any discernible proof of that or demonstration of that. If you believe in God, you'd pray to Him. If you really believed in Him, you'd seek His will and plan for your life. If you really believed that Jesus is Lord, you'd submit yourself to His Lordship. Let His Spirit lead you. Is that right? His things would be priority in your life. And you would see results. Right? As you stepped out to do those things, you'd see results. But how many do you suppose? People across the planet that say they believe in God, but other than saying that, there's no evidence. Many, 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 many. That is demon faith. Same kind of believing. Evil spirits are. Are we reading scriptures? He said, verse 20, you foolish person. Well, you would be foolish if you had the same kind of faith demons have. (laughs) Let's go on out beyond. Demon believing. What do you say? (laughs) Must you be shown that faith that does nothing is worth nothing? Everybody said out loud. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Verse 26. Just as a person's body that does not have a spirit is dead. So faith that does nothing is dead. Now uh, we know from uh, Romans that how faith comes. Does anybody remember what the scripture says? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the the word. If you look up the scriptures. The word of the anointed one. I mean if you look up the meaning of the words. The word of the Christ. Or the anointed one. Faith comes by hearing the anointed word. Not an intellectual thing. But it's the anointing. That teaches. And it's the anointing that quickens. That's not a man or a woman. That's the Holy Spirit. But that's how faith comes. That's not the whole story. That's not how faith is released. Faith that comes must be released. Do you remember in Acts, the 14th chapter? The man that was born lame. And uh, not not the man at the gate called Beautiful. That was earlier in the book. But uh, Paul was preaching. And while he was preaching, he saw a man in the crowd who was born. He he was lame from his mother's womb. He'd never walked. And while he was looking at him, the Bible said Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. You remember that? Chapter 14, I believe it is. Had faith to be healed. Well, a man's sitting there lame. 
like he's always been. And the Bible didn't say he perceived the man was soon going to get faith or was in the process of getting faith. It said he had faith. Is it possible to have faith to be healed and not be healed? It is. Just because faith comes doesn't mean a miracle manifests. Faith must be released. Faith must be acted upon. Somebody's going to be born again. They got to act on it somewhere, sometime. Right? If they're going to experience the new birth, they're going someplace, sometime. They're going to stand up and say, I believe. They're going to be willing to pray the prayer. They're going to be willing to be baptized. Come on, are you listening to me? If they say, no, 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 I don't, no, I don't want to do any of that. Or no, uh, well, that, that shows a lack of real faith. Amen. An embarrassment? No. If you really believe it, you're going to step up. Yeah. You're going to step out. Come on. Amen. And if you refuse to, it's not a living faith. A faith that does nothing is worth nothing. No. The man sitting there, lame, and yet he's got faith to be healed, but not healed. But the Bible said, Paul, he perceived that he had faith to be healed, and he cried out with a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And the man leaped and walked. When did the power manifest to heal him? Is it a coincidence that it was exactly the time when he made a move? Is it just an amazing coincidence that the very moment God chose to heal him was the exact same moment he chose to move? <laughs> no. No. The reality is he wasn't waiting on God to heal him. It wasn't a matter of God's timing. Now this is one of the great things we need mind renewal in. Because much of the church world believes error that everything is up to God. And people beat on the phrase, God is in control. And, and if, you, if you watch and listen, you can detect a wrong spirit. People get adamant. And they get haughty. And they get combative. God is in control of everything. <laughs> oh, they get, they get adamant. And they get, they get, they're getting ready to fight. Maybe you've hardly said anything. It's because that in and of itself. Now, you're going to have to brace yourself for this one is a doctrine of demons. The enemy has worked nonstop to perpetuate this lie so that people on the planet are blinded to reality and millions of people are angry at God. Because if God's in control, then everything that has happened to me or has not happened to me is His will. And his plan. And people try to be brave and have faith anyway, but they are full of confusion. But it's because they're believing lies. The Lord said, even from the Old Testament all the way through the New, this, this truth keeps coming up. He said, I set before you life and death, blessing, cursing. You choose. Amen. Come on. Oh, come on. Did he say it or not? You choose. You choose. Certainly, I believe God is the Almighty, all powerful, all knowing. Somebody said, if you really believe that, you have to believe he's in control. No, I don't. If in his sovereignty, his power, his wisdom. He chose to leave some things up to us. Then you cannot leave up to him what he left up to you. Now it didn't take long to say that. 
But you, are you with me understanding? This is one of the biggest problems in the whole earth today. Non-believers. Non-believers will tell you this. You know, I heard somebody the other day, probably a good person on the TV. They're saying, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why he did that. And I'm thinking, he didn't. He didn't do it. That's what he'll tell you. You guess you're going to be shocked. Because <laughs> he's going to say, I told you. You choose. People that finally come to the Lord. And get born again. After he dealt with them for 14 years. Was it that day. God chose for them to be born again. No. You going to say it was his perfect will. For them to put him off. And ignore him. For years. The reason power was manifested in their spirit that day. Is because they chose to move and act that day. And when they moved, he moved. He confirmed his word that had been true all along. He manifested his power and will that had been available for all those 14 years. Come on, do you believe this? He said, you choose. Now, if this is new to you, we have a, a lengthy series called you choose. <laughs> and uh, don't just, uh, you know, assume or cut it short. Get it. Go with us. Go through the scriptures. Go through all of them. I had one young man write me right after that series came out. He said he had he'd heard us several times and, and, and thought he liked us. And, and he got that series. And by what, the first or second message, it said it made him so mad. He, he got up and he's going to go throw them all in the trash. The CDs, DVDs. Oh, it made him furious. Why? Because it was poking those old sacred cows. Is that right? (laughs) And uh, he said on his way to the trash can, the Spirit of God said, you better not. You better come back. Do what he said. Go through the scriptures. Look at the scriptures because I had said in there, if this is not right, prove it's not right with the scriptures. And so he made himself calm down and he went back and, and he, he was telling what a testimony it was, how it had answered so many questions for him and he'd gotten free from some things. The devil's a liar and the whole world is under the influence of the evil one with the exception of those walking in the light. But no, God is not controlling Every detail in everybody's life and everything that's happening or not happening is him and his choice. In fact, I heard uh, some years ago there was somebody on uh, on TV uh, that was talking about this in a news program. And, and one of them was saying, you know, uh, how can a God who's supposed to be love send people to hell and a place of torment? What kind of God is that? And they were on the verge of blasphemy. And they were just antagonistic and so disrespectful. Somebody that doesn't know God, don't believe in God. And uh, while they were talking about that, I'm checking my heart. I said, Father, what's the best way to answer that? How do I say it if somebody asked me? What's the best way to say that? How can a God whose love sends somebody to a devil's hell? And he spoke to me just as clear. I don't mean I, I heard a voice, but inside me so strong. He said, Keith, it's not my choice. Is that true or not? It's not my choice. But see, that flies in the face of religious tradition. Just that one statement makes people fighting mad. But that's because they don't know him. Reason I'm getting into this because this is not just true with being born again. It's true with things all through our life. The just not only get born again by faith, but we live by faith. We walk by faith. We overcome by faith. And the the wrong belief, the error is, it's all up to God. 
Just beg him and beg him and wait. And, and if he wants to, when he decides to, in his own good time and good way, then something will happen. And people will just go year after year believing something's going to happen sometime. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Yeah, I believe something's going to happen. I believe God. I believe in God. I believe he's powerful. Well, demons believe that too. No. A faith that does nothing is worth nothing. We're not going to be the do-nothing bunch. No? If you want to be the do-nothing bunch, you're in the wrong building tonight. <laughs> or, or in Branson or, or even watching online. But you don't want to be the do-nothing. People, say, people like uh, what I call no-fault religion. That, you know, to be told no matter what's going on, it's not your fault, honey. Whether it's happened or didn't happen, it's not your fault. It's all God and his mysterious uh, ways we just don't understand. But the problem with that, you might just pat yourself and say, well, it's not my fault. But then nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. That's not how miracles happen. Go to Hebrews 10, please. Hebrews 10, 35. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. Now that word means, it doesn't mean passive waiting, it means perseverance. That after you've done the will of God, that proves it's not just passive waiting. You did something. You, after you've done something. After you've done the will of God, and you kept on doing it. You receive the promise. For a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. The just will live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. We're not of the ones that pull back, draw back, shrink back, lay down, sit down, quit. We're those that have living faith in a living God. We stand up. We step up. We step out. When he says move, we move. And that's living faith. Hallelujah. This flows right into uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Example after example after example of faith. What does faith look like? What does faith sound like? Every one of these examples, they did something. They didn't just sit around and say, I believe in God. Abel gave an offering. Enoch walked with God. Noah built and prepared. It wasn't enough for him to sit at the house and go, I believe it. Floods are coming. I believe it. He built. He prepared. Abraham left home, went out, not knowing where he was going. How do we know Abraham believed? He left. (laughs) Abraham offered up Isaac. Proven throughout the generations. What amazing faith the man has. Moses' parents hid him. Moses forsook and left Egypt. They kept the Passover. They passed through the Red Sea. And I want us to stop and talk about that one a little bit tonight. (laughs) Head on back there with me in the Old Testament to the book of Exodus. Exodus, the 14th chapter. You remember that uh, the Lord had done all those signs and wonders in delivering the, uh, his people out of Egyptian bondage. And then finally, they let them go. After many, many signs and wonders and destruction. And uh, so they're leaving, and they hadn't gone far, and they got to the Red Sea. And uh, Pharaoh decided that he had really made a mistake in letting them go. He kept hardening his heart. And I mean, several times he said, okay, we'll let him go. And then he said, no, not going to let him go. Changed. And he did it again here. They're already gone. Not too far, but they're gone. And he decided, no, 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 we got to have them. You know, they were slave labor. 
And so uh, they got all the chariots and got all the soldiers and they went blazing after them. And so here all the people of God have gotten to the Red Sea and they look up and the dust is in the air. Here comes Pharaoh and his host and they're angry and uh, they want to hurt somebody. And it, they are at the proverbial in between the rock and hard place. <laughs> they, it doesn't look like you can move ahead and you don't want to go back into that and you are running out of time. This thing's on the clock. They're soon going to be here. What are we going to do? And in Exodus, the 14th chapter, Exodus 14 and 14, the Lord told Moses to tell them, he said, the Lord is going to fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Keep going. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. Even after they've heard from the Lord, they still feel like they're boxed in and don't know what to do. Let me read you some other translations. The uh, easy to read says, why are you still crying to me? Tell the Israelites to start moving. (laughs) They need a miracle. I said they need a miracle. Uh, Sometime back, we talked about how to have a miracle. Do you remember the main things? Three, just just three, three things, right? And one of them you don't even do. What's the three things? How to get a miracle. Number one, you got to hear from him. Don't skip that one. (laughs) Somebody said, well... I'm, I'm getting it, Brother Keith. I got to do something. So I'm going to do something. It's not just do something. It's not just do anything. No, 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 no. It's doing what he said to do. What Jesus' mother told him at the first miracle in Jesus' ministry at the wedding feast of Canaan. Whatever he says to you. Not just do anything, but do what? What he, what he says to you. Number one, hear from him. Number two, do what he told you to do. Number three, he does the work. He does it. Now, a whole lot of folks are trying to get him to do it before they move. All of us have to be on the watch about this. I've heard from the Lord. Hallelujah. Now I'm just waiting on my miracle. No, you're trying to jump from one to three. That's not how it works. Tell me again, how do you get your miracle? Hear from him. He does the miracle. No. But a lot of folks are trying to do that. I heard from him. Well, praise God. Did you do what he said? I just believe that something's going to happen. When? Well, I'm just waiting on him. Are you sure? Because still, after he told them, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to take care of this. They're still crying out to the Lord. Yeah. Oh God. And what did the Lord say? Hush. And get moving. <laughs> Be quiet. Quit your crying to me. And start moving. Wonder if that's a message for any of us today. That would walk by faith. <laughs> yeah, but there's spiritual people. They were just crying out to the Lord. We're just bombarding the gates of heaven. We're just calling on heaven. Calling on God. A lot of times the folks would listen, he'd say, hush, and get moving. <laughs> there's a time to pray, and there's a time to be quiet and move. You pray and seek the Lord till you hear from him. That's when you pray and seek the Lord. But once you've heard from him, it's not time to keep praying. It's not time to keep praying. It's not time to keep saying, I believe. What did he say? Why are you still crying to me? Actually, the Living Bible says it like this. Quit praying and get the people moving. Forward. March. I'm I'm reading the Living Bible. Quit praying and get the people moving. But it it takes faith to do that. Doesn't it? Your flesh doesn't want to do that. 
Your flesh wants to sit back a safe distance from it until God takes care of it. And then you can get up and go. But that's not faith. Then you'll be walking beside. It'd be too late for faith. Where are they going to go? (laughs) Where are you going to go? Abraham, the father of faith. Did he move when God said move? Where's he going? He doesn't know (laughs) where he's going, but he's moving. People say, Lord, guide me, Lord, guide me, Lord, guide me. You can't steer a parked car. Can you? Oh, you can turn the wheel, rub a flat spot on the tires. But you're not, you're not changing any direction. Absolutely nothing is happening. In order for there to be guidance, there has to be movement. We'll be talking about this some more, I believe, in time to come. But every project that the Lord's given Phyllis and I, in every direction, you know, with the ministry, and then now with the Branson Church, and now with the Sarasota Church, every one of them. I mean, if you're just recently joined us, then you wouldn't know it. But there was a time when we didn't know where, we didn't know how, we didn't know what. You just had do this. And and you just believe by faith, okay, I'm going to head that way. Yeah. Is that right? How are you going to do it? Don't know how you're going to do it. Where? Well, I, I can't just sit at the house and it all happened automatically. I'm going to have to give God something to work with, right? Now, you never stop checking your heart about the guidance and the direction the whole way through. But as soon as you've got enough to take a step and you know you do, you don't have to have the rest of the picture. Take that step. And then you'll find out some. Take that step. And you'll take some more. And you keep taking steps. You'll get your, to your destination. You'll get to some good places. And you'll be praising God and giving glory for the miracles that happen. But you got to overcome your fear. Don't you? Got to overcome your fear. Got to overcome. Uh, you know, everybody's flesh is the same way. Your flesh likes comfort and routine. What I know. So I know I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do that, then I'm going to do this. We're going to be here, then we're going to be there, then we're going to come back. And Your flesh doesn't like new and strange and unknown. But God does. <laughs> He's all about new and unknown. <laughs> and he'll open the door and say, come on. And you'll go. What, what's in there? He says, come find out. And I, you can pray and fast till you faint and fall out, and he's not going to tell you. Well, he'll tell me. No, he won't. No, he won't. You'll find out when you have enough faith to take a step. Step through and find out. <laughs> Quit praying and get the people moving. The message says, why cry out to me? Order them To get moving. Tell me what happened. Did it look like they could move ahead? No. No. And it's going to always look like that. You go, the Lord say moving you and your your mind will think, where? How? But don't you get an attitude with him. Well, God, I got to know what to do. I mean, I can't just go and not know where I'm going. Abraham did. That's rebellion. Be willing to take a step. Light will come. Take another step. More light will come. Take another step. Then shall we know. If we follow on to know. Path of the just. Is like the shining light. It gets brighter. And brighter. And brighter. And brighter. To the full day sun. Hallelujah. We all got flesh. We all got the same kind of minds that we got to get renewed. And again and again, you'll, you'll, you'll be thinking, how in the world? How, what, what could that mean? And what and how? And it's like, it's like if you're on a road, a long straight road, and, you, and, and something miles down the road, you're thinking, what is that? What is that? I can't make that out. 
Well, don't sit on the side of the road and exasperate yourself. Put it in drive. <laughs> Is that right? And head that way. And how many know the closer you get, the more obvious it'll become what it is. <laughs> if you sit back 15 miles away and go, well, no, I can't go if I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, you'll just sit there and wonder, wonder, wonder and wait, wait, wait while you get old and your life is over. Come on, what the Lord say to him? Quit crying to me and move. <laughs> Somebody needs to say it out loud. Move. <laughs> Quit crying to me. Quit bugging me. And move. Move. God is a living God. How about his universe? It's moving. Is that right? Light is moving. The planets are moving. Everything down here that's alive, it's moving, brother. Why? Because it's alive. That's the way he is. And if we're alive, we'll be moving too. <laughs> I'm a mover. Hallelujah. And he's the shaker. <laughs> I move and he shakes. <laughs> Well, that's what happened here. They moved. And hallelujah, when they moved into it, God moved. Hallelujah. He split the Red Sea. And they went over on dry ground. You believe it happened just like that? It happened just that way. But notice in Hebrews 11, verse 29. Hebrews 11:29, It says, by faith... They passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. How'd they do it? How'd they do it? How would know they had faith? Because when he said move, they moved. And is it a coincidence that when they moved, things started happening with the Red Sea? No. Their action and the power of God being manifested are connected. But the Assyri- Egyptians are saying to do it were drowned. The people of God did it by faith. They did it by experiment. A saying means that. A saying means a tentative experimental effort to perform. Or we might say like this, they tried it. (laughs) They saw them go through and they thought, We will try that and see how we come out. (laughs) We will try it. Well, faith is not trying it. How is it that God's people did it in faith and it worked for them? And the Egyptians tried to do it, but it wasn't faith. And it did because they're moving. I said they're moving. But they're not moving in faith. They're not moving because of faith. And what's the difference? God told his people to move. What did he tell the Egyptians? Let my people go. (laughs) Let them move. (laughs) Two vastly different things. They weren't paying any attention to what the Lord was telling them. So they tried to imitate the faith of somebody else based on what God told them, all the while ignoring what God had told themselves. And it was disastrous. And they might have called themselves doing the same thing the Israelites were doing, but spiritually it was nothing like what they were doing. And that's why some people are confused because they see people try to do the same physical actions. And to them it looks the same. But it's not. They tried to do it. They attempted to do it. And they were drowned. Go with me please. To the book of uh, John. John 5. John 5 describes a situation in in Jesus' time 
where there were five porches of people that had all kind of ailments that gathered under these porches. And we see the reason why they gathered there is because it said an angel came down (laughs) at different times, certain times, and troubled the water. You know, God does special things. He does. There, there are certain things that's been bought and paid for by the master that we can receive any time with our faith as we choose. But in addition to that, God does special things. He does signs and wonders. Miracles. What's a sign for? A sign is to get your attention. They tell you about so if you're driving down the road and the sign says, good place to eat right here. That's so you'll know about it. Right? Signs that God is real, God is good, God is powerful, and wonders. I mean, when you see, you're sitting there and there's not a breath of wind. And everybody's sitting there talking, chatting, everything. And all at once, the, the pool starts just moving and rotating, splashing. Well, that doesn't make you wonder. And what did the Bible say? The first one, well, well, let me, verse 4, verse 4. An angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. Didn't make any difference if it was uh, terminal cancer and he was uh, two days from, from being dead or if he'd been having some headaches for a while. Didn't make any difference. To us, we think it's a difference. But to the power of God, what difference is it? Come on, somebody said out loud, it's easy, easy, easy for the power of God. To heal my body. body. It's easy. easy. See, this is not us healing ourselves. It's His power. And and, and for His power to do it, it's easy. Easy. It's this little correction work Mm -hmm. on an existing structure. (laughs) To Him, it's got to be easy. But I want you to notice an angel came down. Supernatural being moves the water and nobody's healed just because that happened. Are y'all with me, saints? Just speak, even though there is a supernatural manifestation of God, that doesn't mean people automatically receive. It still comes back to faith. And how do you know it's living faith? What happened? Whoever then first, after the troubling of the water, did what? What did they have to do? You had to get yourself moving. Is that right? Moving and you had to step in. Well, you're going to get wet. Your clothes are going to get wet. Is that right? And you can't wait and talk about it. you got to move. You got to move immediately and with haste. Right? But when the person moved and put themselves in that, their faith received the power of God. The power of God manifested. Is it a coincidence that they were healed at exactly the same moment they moved or stepped in? No. No. The power alone doesn't do the job. It's got to be mixed with faith. Faith gives action to the power. I should say it like this. An act of faith gives action to the power. Faith comes by hearing, but that's not the end, that's the beginning. Then that faith that has come through hearing and hearing, must be released through an act of faith. Not just doing something, not just doing anything, but doing what he said to do. And the moment the act of faith is initiated, 
the power of God begins to manifest that exact moment. When did healing power happen in the person's body? When they stepped in. It wasn't up to God that they step in. It's up to them. Interesting things, don't you think? Go with me to Joshua the third chapter, please. Joshua three. Joshua and Caleb had to tolerate wandering in the wilderness because uh, all of their fellow spies that went into the land and, and all of those hundreds of thousands of people were so full of fear and unbelief that all they'd do is sit and cry in their tents and accuse and talk about Moses and Aaron behind their backs and saying, you brought us out here to kill us. We told you leave us alone. You brought us out here to kill us. They even said God brought them out there to kill them because he didn't like them. <laughs> now, where'd they get that idea? wonder where that came from. Total lie. And uh, after that whole generation had died and perished in the wilderness, and the only ones of the old bunch left was Joshua and Caleb. In their 80s. And yet. Sustained. By the power of God. Caleb said. I'm this day. This 80 whatever years old. He said. I'm as good a man to go out to war. As I was 40 years ago. He said. I'm ready. Well you know he's ready. After 40 years. Waiting to get. You know he's He said. Give me that mountain. That's my mountain over there. I'm going to take it. So God can sustain you. But was it God's choice that they be delayed four decades? No. No. That wasn't God's choice. That wasn't God's perfect timing. The Bible said the works were finished from the foundation of the world. It was unbelief that delayed a manifestation of God's power to bring victory for four decades. Only when a group rose up that would not only say they believed in God, but when he said move, would move. Then we begin to see miracle after miracle after miracle. The walls of Jericho falling down. Come on, can you see this? And you begin to see them win battles and take land and win battles. And what the previous generation said was impossible and could not be done. They saw it come to pass. God was ready to do it 40 years ago. But they weren't ready to move. I don't want the Lord waiting on me. How about you? I don't want him waiting on me. And I don't want me to be deceived thinking I'm waiting on him. Joshua 3, all, all that we just got through describing, began with this. Joshua 3, 13. They got to the river. And it was in the time of the year when it had been a lot of rain. And this thing was flooded. And you could say impassable. But their promised land is on the other side of that thing. And they know it's time to move and get moving. Everybody's tired of waiting. Fed up with waiting for 40 years? You kidding? (laughs) And hallelujah, the Lord told them what to do. Tell me how do you have a miracle? How do you have a miracle? Number one, you got to hear from him. That's how faith comes. But if you stop right there, you're not going to see a miracle. What's number two? Do what he said. What what did he say? The Lord told him, he said, it's going to come to pass. As soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of Jordan, the waters of Jordan are going to be cut off from the waters that come down from above and will stand upon a heap. Now that is supernatural. This giant, I mean, this, excuse me, this river is flooded. It's all over its banks and it's rushing down through there and all at once it's going to stop just like a giant hand blocked it. And it's just going to build up like there's a dam there. 
And the water that's there is just going to run on down. And you got place to cross. When's it going to happen? As soon as God gets ready. What does scripture say? As soon as God decides to set this thing off. Hmm? When's it going to happen? As soon as their footsies get wet. Huh? As soon as their feet get in that water. Verse 14. It came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And what happened? As they bear the Ark and they were come to Jordan, the feet of the priest that bear the Ark were what? Dipped in the brim. I mean, when they made contact, is the moment their feet made contact. Their feet dipped in the brim of the water for Jordan overflows all his banks all the time of harvest. So this thing is big. It's out of the banks. It's rushing down through there. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam that's beside Zaratan and those that came down toward the sea of the plain salt sea failed were cut off and the people passed over right against Jericho. The Lord made a way. Yes, he did. Well, there was not a way. That's right. Is that right? Yes. People shout about believing he can do it, but that's not all there is to it. When did the power manifest? When? 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 Is it a coincidence? No. No. When they moved, when the people of Israel moved, when God said, quit crying to me and move. And they moved, the Red Sea split. When that angel stirred that water and the first person made the move of faith and contacted that water, power. It didn't make any difference what was wrong with them, how incurable or how far advanced it was. Amen. Friends, we need a mind renewal about that stuff there. It doesn't make any difference what's wrong with you. That's right. To God, it makes not one bit of difference. doesn't matter. I mean, if half your body is destroyed and consumed and nobody could even imagine what to do for you, easy for God. Easy, easy, easy. He made the body. He made everything down here. His power can recreate it. That's not the issue. But contacting the power takes a step of faith, a move of faith. Can you say, I believe it? Uh, read, Read on down in the fourth chapter, the very next chapter. 15th verse. 15. The Lord spake to Joshua saying. Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony. That they come up out of Jordan. (laughs) This whole time. Now get the picture. Get the picture. These guys. I got their, their, their ceremonial clothes on. They got the ark of the covenant. Which is the most precious thing they have. How many understand? You you wade off into a rushing river. Mm-hmm. Reckon the thought ever crossed your mind? We could lose this ark. Yes, yes. <laughs> and not just not just the ark, whoever's with it, yeah. right? Right. What do you got to do? Sound the horns, everybody, forward. Where are we going? It's roaring. The water's just roaring coming down through there. What are you going to do? We're going. Where are you going? <laughs> the Lord said go. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And they just walked right up into there just like they're going to walk right across it. And the moment their feet hit the water. Yeah. Oh, somebody say when their feet hit the water. When their feet hit the water. When their feet hit the water. God didn't just decide out of the blue, okay, I'm going to do something now. No, that's not how it works. When their feet touched the water, the power of God manifested. Hallelujah. And it lasted long enough 
for hundreds of thousands of people and all their stuff and all their livestock to get across. And they're all standing there in the middle of what was a raging river with the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, come on, can, can you picture that? This, this, this water just getting higher and higher and higher and higher because it's backing up. It's backing up. And of course it's rushing and it's supernatural. I wonder what kind of feelings and thoughts you'd have it standing there. <laughs> he said, command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Keep reading. Joshua therefore commanded the priests saying, come up out of the Jordan. How you get a miracle? Got to hear from him. Verse 18. And it came to pass when the priest that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up onto the dry land. When did it happen? When. When their feet touched the dry land. When did it happen? Not some indiscriminate time. Exactly when they moved in response to what the Lord told them and their feet touched the other side, hallelujah, that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and flowed over all. I mean, it just came gushing out and it filled the riverbed up and it overflowed the banks and went everywhere just like it was those hours, I guess, before. Hallelujah. Amazing. Miraculous. Wonderful, glorious power of God. Do you believe it, saints? The Spirit of God speaking to us. We don't just need to sit by crying out and crying out and begging and waiting. We need to do what He said. We need to act on His written word. And we need to act on the directions His Spirit gives us. Which is always going to be in line with the written word. One word that, uh, well, uh, uh, let me do it, do it this way. Those of you here tonight that are dealing with any physical issues, uh, and you believe if hands were laid on you, you believe you'd receive, stand up to your feet right now. The rest of the folks, you just remain seated. Hallelujah. If you're standing, just step out and come up here to the front. Just play something softly for us. Now, if you didn't stand up, you know, don't don't just get to think and go, well, maybe this, maybe that. No, this is not about maybe. Just if you're confident, you'd probably stood already. Do we have a word from the Lord about laying on of hands? And about healing. We do. He said believers would lay hands on the sick. Tell me what the rest of the word says. They shall recover. Didn't say some would, some wouldn't. We'd try, maybe so, we'll see. None of that. Say it out loud. They shall recover. Say it again. They shall recover. We have a sure word of the Lord, a written word of the Lord to act upon. And in addition, I believe the Spirit of God has quickened me, quickened us to act on this word tonight. So we're going to lay hands on you in faith. That's an action. You're going to believe you receive it in faith. You already acted by coming up here. Right? And the moment we act on this, power is going to be released. Hmm? Not my power, not your power. His power. Do you believe it, saints? Hallelujah. Just close your eyes if you would. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we act on your word. You told us, pray one for another, that you may be healed. That's your word. We're acting on it. You told us, lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. You said it. 
And we're acting on it. These people are acting on it. We're acting on it. And we believe right now for a manifestation of your power. Your healing, delivering, restoring power. Life-giving, quickening power. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.